Hi, dance friends. This past week, a celebrated British actress said the following about her life's biggest regret. I do wish I learned how to tap dance, and don't say I can now, my ankles are too old. Um, A hint here, in the same interview, she said that the historical figure she most identified with was Princess Margaret, as I'm being paid to do so. Oh, it is so hard for me not to slide into a British accent as I read those quotes. So who is the tap-loving actress? The answer at the end of this episode of the Dance Edit podcast. everyone, and welcome to the Dance Edit Podcast. I'm Margaret Fuhrer. I'm Courtney Escoyne. And I'm Lydia Murray. We are editors at Dance Magazine and Dance Spirit Magazine, and in today's episode, we'll be running through some of the week's dance headlines, discussing the pandemic-related anxieties facing both established dancers and 2020s dance graduates, doing a close reading of the trend of professional dancers trying TikTok, And hearing from American Ballet Theater standout Calvin Royal III about his social dis dancing life. Um, But first, just a reminder to find us on Instagram. We're at the.dance.edit or on Twitter at dance underscore edit. And send us your suggestions for topics of dance conversation if you have a minute. What do you want to hear us dance editors nerd out about? And if you let us know, you might hear your ideas discussed in future episodes. Um, So now on to our first segment, which is a quick saute through some dance headlines before we get more philosophical on you guys. We just wanted to make sure that we touched at least briefly on these noteworthy stories from the past week. So Lydia, can you kick us off? So first, American Ballet Theater is moving its Spring Gala online um, to YouTube with performances by Tony Bennett, Cynthia Erivo, and the company's dancers, and that's happening on May 12th. After outcry from the Broadway community, Broadway leadership will be included in conversations with the New York Forward Reopening Advisory Board about reopening the state's economy. Um, In Pennsylvania, Tom Wolf, uh, the governor, recently upset cultural leaders by suddenly freezing grant money that had been previously awarded to arts groups. And we've also, in this past week, mourned the passing of two more dance world luminaries, longtime Graham dancer and teacher Helen McGehee, I apologize if I mispronounced that, and contact improvisation co-creator Nancy Stark-Smith. And over the next few months, uh, more than a dozen performances from last year's Merce Cunningham um, centennial celebrations will be available online. More things to watch. Uh, yes. And... While operations may currently be suspended at San Francisco Ballet and the Mark Morris Dance Center in Brooklyn, uh, the organizations have turned their currently unused spaces into a pop-up food pantry and a free meal distribution center, respectively. Um, Gotta say, love seeing that kind of support for local communities from these organizations. Yeah, it's, it's really moving to see dance companies whose own financial futures are uncertain, nevertheless stepping up to help others who are in need. Definitely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of speaking of financial uncertainty, so in our next segment, we wanted to address two pandemic-related topics that are giving both professional dancers and would-be professional dancers a lot of anxiety right now. Um, first, for currently employed dancers, there's the question of 
whether their companies and businesses will even make it to the other side of the pandemic. Um, and Dance Magazine did a story that talked to five dance artists who actually went through company closures in the past and had them share advice for dancers who are nervous about the possibility of that scenario now. Um, there are some really brilliant people and end quotes in this article. Mm. Yeah, yes. Um, we spoke to Alicia Graf Mack, who, of course, is now the director of dance at Juilliard, who had been a member of Dance Theater of Harlem during its 2004 hiatus. Um, and there are several other um, incredible people, um, Jane Weiner and Amy Pearl from Hopestone Studio. For me, one of the many great things that Alicia said was, um, my frame of mind was just to keep moving. I tried not to concern myself too much with status or paycheck or exactly what it was I was doing. Um, because dancers tend to be incredibly focused and constantly thinking about how each move we make fits into this longer-term vision we have for our careers. And when something happens to throw you off your course, it can be really hard to take that next step when it just feels so uncertain. And I think that was something that was definitely reflected in some of the other um, thoughts that were shared. Um, for example, Chanel Da Silva who uh, danced for Trey McIntyre Project until it folded, and John Bond, who danced with Cedar Lake. They both, you know, saw their companies shut down, and both of them talked about this feeling of um, taking that moment of being untethered to stop and ask, what is it that I really want from my career? And instead of looking at a more narrowly defined, well, what do I want to be? Thinking about... How do you want to feel? What kind of work do you want to do? Um, Chanel said, when you're in a company, a lot of things are decided for you. I had to start defining what my life was going to be and ask myself, who am I if I'm not on stage every night? Yeah, kind of a, a moment, a natural moment of reassessment, which is in line with what people have been saying about this pandemic overall, is that it's kind of given them a second to to stop and, and take stock of their careers in a bigger picture sense. Um Please go check out that story. So many wonderful, wonderful bits of advice in there. Um, the other portion of this segment is devoted to the dance class of 2020, because given that even most established dance professionals are scared for their jobs right now, we are feeling big feelings for these soon-to-be graduates. They are entering this incredibly shaky job market. I mean, for dance jobs, for any jobs. But they're also missing out on so many of their traditional senior year rituals because of coronavirus shutdowns. There aren't any final performances happening. There are no big in-person graduation ceremonies. Audition seasons even were cut short. So it feels all the more important to to honor them, to recognize them and their accomplishments before they you know, head out into this unknown. Yes. Um, Dance Spirit has um, started a project where high school or college senior dancers can send their information and portraits, and Dance Spirit will create a digital cover starring a new applicant every day of May. And at the end of the month, they're um, creating a commencement video using um, even more of the submitted dance photos, and 100 people will receive um, a free one-year subscription to the magazine, which I think is so great. I mean, this is such a challenging time for these dancers, and I think it's it's absolutely wonderful that they have the opportunity to be recognized in this way. Yeah, especially when they're not getting to do their final performances, which I think oftentimes for dancers tend to be a bigger deal than even commencement. Um, and also, I believe our sister publication Point has a surprise in the works. I don't know yeah, if you guys know I, more about that than I do. Well, I just talked to Amy Brandt, their editor-in-chief. She said, yes, it is something major. It's coming down the pipeline. She doesn't want us to spoil it, but but oh, please stay tuned there. Now I want to um, know. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I don't want to dance, pat dance spirit on the back too much. Obviously, I'm team dance spirit all the way. But we just felt, I mean, there are a lot of more mainstream class of 2020 celebrations happening. Like we, I think we just heard today that President Obama alone is speaking at three different celebrations. And that's wonderful. But we wanted to acknowledge the specific losses that dance seniors are facing, just because when you've spent so much of your life working toward those big moments on stage, like you said, Courtney, then that stage is suddenly taken away from you. You know, you deserve your your moment in the sun. Um, so visit if you are a dance senior, by the way, please visit dancespirit.com and enter for the possibility of getting your your own digital cover. And we're rooting um, for you guys. Yes. Yeah. Married. Married in, in all senses of the word. True. <laughs> Very true. Um, next up, we wanted to dig into a recent New York Times story talking about the fact that more and more professional dancers are using their unexpected free time in quarantine to take up TikTok, um, which is fascinating. It's, I mean, it, it's a relatively low stakes way to stay connected to a fan following or sort of try on different performance personae or, or just let off some steam. Um, but it's been introducing some truly accomplished dancers to this very specific corner of the dance universe and its very specific vocabulary. Yeah, it's so, especially the people interviewed for this article, I think it's so different from the context in which we're used to seeing them. And also, like, I think I came into this article from the same angle as probably a lot of New York Times readers, which is someone who does is not on TikTok, doesn't necessarily know a lot about that world, but does know a lot about the world these dancers are coming from. And so it's it's really interesting to think about how are they entering this hyper-specific digital space and how might it alter the way that we view them in the future going forward? There was an interesting quote by Emma Lutz Higgins in this where she said, Instagram can feel veiled with different intentions of how people use it and TikTok is pretty straightforward. This is about me performing for you and I don't have to pretend that I'm not. Um which I just thought was so interesting. First of all, I would love to just hear her expound on that more, even though I think I have a sense of what she's describing. Um, to me, until maybe around last year, Instagram has been this space where community and performance can coexist in ways that don't always feel natural or genuine. And I wonder to what extent that might eventually carry over to TikTok if that happens at all. Um, and it's also just interesting to me to see these kinds of conversations happening in the dance world when similar ones have happened in fields like film and music for years. Um, and I feel that even though live performance will always be vital for dance, if we ever do find ourselves in the midst of a shift equivalent to, say, Napster in the music industry, how will we know? Well, and it's someone that I was completely shocked to hear to see in this article was um, Jillian Walsh who uh, the writer Siobhan Burke uh, described, uh, whose work formally is TikTok's antithesis. Um, <laughs> but apparently, uh, Jillian has been considering whether to use the app for virtual project. And she said, I don't think it's the answer, but I think it's part of the conversation. And it's a ready-to-go dance platform, so it needs to be considered. And again, this is someone I was not expecting to be in here at all. But looking at what can TikTok tell us about the future of dance and performance? I think I just love a good fish out of water story. And <laughs> I think it's so fascinating that these professional dancers are fish out of water on this platform where dance is so central. I, It just it cracks me up that there is actually a a whole meme on TikTok right now about professional dancers oh gosh, <laughs> losing their jobs and joining TikTok. <laughs> 
<laughs> and getting shade from I the 13 year olds exactly yes now the 12 year olds have been on there forever like um excuse me yeah um so much to unpack in a story that initially i coming to it at least thought oh this will be a, a fun light read and then it, it went to all these intense places yeah we're all thinking about the future of dance right now and digital spaces are a huge part of the conversation Indeed. Where, where it's at um, so next up, we have our Social Dis Dancing with a D series, um, in which we ask artists from different parts of the dance world to leave us voice memos describing how they're coping with life right now. Um, this week, we have the wonderful Calvin Royal III, who is a soloist with American Ballet Theater, and also, you know, one of the people we want to be when we grow up. So here he is. Hi, Dance Edit. It's Calvin Royal III, soloist with the American Ballet Theater, and I'm here to talk to you guys today a little bit about some of the things that I've been up to since we've been sort of sheltering in and um, navigating going forward. I think when the pandemic first started to really hit home for me was after everything just sort of had gotten canceled with our season. Um, it was kind of a snowball effect where we were supposed to be going on all these tours in the spring leading up to our season at the Met um, at Lincoln Center. And I think when all of it started to just sort of be- become cancellation after cancellation, um, it was kind of like, wow, this is really, this is big. Like, this isn't just our company, this is the entire world. And, um, and so I think the severity of all of it just kind of made me, uh, want to make sure that I was taking good care of myself, my mental and physical self. Um, you know, we at ABT, uh, we were kind of gearing up for, for our big 80th anniversary season, um, at the Met. And, uh, so it all just kind of, it all kind of just fizzled away. And um, I think a lot of us were feeling kind of down about it. Uh, but the bigger, bigger overarching uh, reality was that we kind of needed to really t- take a step back and, and be more vigilant about um, about what this all means and how we go forward and how we um, cope with what's happening, but sort of keep ourselves motivated and and trying to stay in sort of a positive space i mean for myself i feel like i bounce back and forth with being you know really positive and motivated and feeling like i can conquer it all and then the reality of the situation hits me and i'm you know i have days where i can barely you know get out of bed or i just don't want to or i don't want to do that exercise or i don't want to take the class (laughs) um but I think um, overall, it's just kind of been a journey of taking things step by step and um, day by day, really, um, and not getting too far ahead of myself. But it's given me also some time to sort of rest my body and all of the, the minor injuries or minor ailments that I've had. Um, this is the time that I've I think has been a silver lining in all of it to really just kind of take good care and heal and get better um, and get stronger uh, during this downtime. I have been Netflixing and chilling a lot these days, catching up on new TV shows and movies, um, trying to really stay in touch with my family. Um, 
I've been zooming, <laughs> doing these Zoom conference calls with with friends and family and FaceTiming and all of that good stuff for the last I don't know how many weeks, but it's been keeping me grounded and and keeping me connected with the people that I love so much and that that can kind of lift my spirits on those days that are harder than others. But I constantly remind myself, you know, I'm not on the front lines of this and I'm just so thankful to all of the essential workers that are out there every day just saving lives and um doing the work that that is keeping everything going. And so when I think about that and I think about where I am, I just, you know, step back and say, you know, I can be grateful for what I have in this moment um and just continue to try to help in any way that I can and um and I really really look forward to being back in the studio again performing on stage um and seeing all my friends at ABT one thing that I do know is that we're probably all going to be out of conditioning and out of shape but we're going to dance and savor those moments like never before Calvin is just such like a gentle, thoughtful, like elegant dancer and listening to him speak feels the exact same yeah, way. I know. Yep. I love exactly. it. Exactly. Thank you so much for that, Calvin. Um and please if you aren't already um give Calvin a follow on Instagram at @calvinroyalii as in the third. And then catch him in ABT's virtual gala on YouTube on May 12th that we talked about before. You'll be seeing him and Misty Copeland all over the place in their beautiful promotional photo for the gala. It's gorgeous. Um, before we sign off, here is the answer to our quote quiz from the top of the episode. So this past week, a particularly fabulous British actress said the following about her life's biggest regret. I do wish I learned to tap dance and don't say I can now. My ankles are too old. Oh my gosh, I'm already sliding into the British accent. That's so bad. I do it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So the actress is Helena Bonham Carter. I mean, I'm going to start brainstorming musical theater roles uh, for her that would lead to her learning to tap dance. Yes. I think this is a thing here, we can make here. that to happen. This, that is entirely doable. She's <laughs> such a great Mrs. Lovett. Let's give her something else. Please. <laughs> well, thanks, everyone, for joining us. We will be back next week for more discussion of all the news moving the dance world. And in the meantime, don't forget to sign up for the Daily Dance Edit newsletter at thedanceedit.com. Keep dancing, everyone. Bye. Bye. The Dance Edit Podcast is a product of Dance Media, publisher of Dance Magazine, Dance Spirit, Point, Dance Teacher, Dance Business Weekly, and the Dance Edit Newsletter. Our hosts are Courtney Escoyne, Margaret Fuhrer, Lydia Murray, and Cadence Neenan. Our music is by Celestine, with special thanks to Broadway Dance Center for helping us record those football sounds. Find out more about The Dance Edit and subscribe to our daily newsletter at thedanceedit.com. Thank you.